Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey today. Safety is an important element of any tabletop game especially in a horror-themed one. Content warnings for this Let's Play of Starhold are Violence Injury Death Darkness The Ocean Dark Water Loss Needles Fire and Body Horror Tara, you managed to gain access to the elevator that heads down towards the mining complex. Um, but just as you were about to get on and the doors kind of are opening, you saw this creature, vaguely humanoid looking, that uh, turns around. And when it sees you and locks eyes on, it opens its maw and these great needle-like teeth kind of bear at you. Um, and just as you're kind of screaming and backpedaling to get away from it, you hear the doors behind you open and you see North and the rest of the group as they enter this elevator area. And North, as you're coming in, the first thing that you see, besides the screaming girl uh, flailing between you and the elevator, is this human-shaped something – and it sees you and it kind of turns its gaze away from its uh, small human prey. And you see this open mouth of needle teeth dripping something as it hisses and lunges for you. What do you do? I think I want to get it away from the small vulnerable child on this side of the room. So uh, I'm going to start kind of making a, a circle around the edge of the room to try and lure it away from the rest of the group okay um go ahead and roll an act under fire for me you're trying to kind of pull this thing's attention and this is not a big room so it's gonna take a bit okay uh that is an 11 nice uh yeah and how are you doing this describe it to me uh i think i fire up cecilia um and start kind of cracking the whip getting those like electric whip cracks going to get its attention um the equivalent of like going yeah yeah as i move around the room to keep its focus <laughs> uh yeah you do and 
So the first thing you notice, aside from the fact that, yeah, this thing is definitely coming after you, is that the eyes aren't really focused on you. They are staring hard at the kind of electric crack coming off of the whip. There is something about them that is fixated, almost uh, entranced by this electricity that is kind of happening on this weapon. Um, but whether it's fixated or not, this thing is coming at you with a mouthful of teeth. Uh, but you do manage to kind of successfully kite this thing around the perimeter of the room and get it away from the group. Callista, Mr. Q, what are you guys doing? Uh, I think my first instinct is to scoop up Tara and just try to get, you know, just get her as far away from this thing as possible. Get as many people between her and it as I can. <laughs> All right. How are you doing this? I, I, I mean, I think I'm just trying to run right over to her and scoop her up if she'll let me. Okay. Uh, Tara, do you let him? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't I don't think that she necessarily feels like she wants to be rescued. She's very used to making her own escape when she's uh in a place that she doesn't want to be. So no, I don't think she she wants this to happen at all. Yeah. Okay. I think this is going to be a sabotage cuz you are trying to sabotage his rescue attempt. So, yeah, go ahead and roll that for me. Okay. I rolled a 6. And I have a negative three with Mr. Q, so... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. So I, I failed, and then I extra failed. Yeah, okay. So on a miss for a sabotage, something goes terribly wrong for you. And because the goal of your sabotage was to not be rescued, you get rescued. Mr. Q, what does this look like? I suppose if this is going to go wrong for her, um, I, I think I see that she seems defiant about it. Uh, so I just go for a quick low scoop and just grab her by one of the ankles and quickly flip her upside down with my arm held out. It's uh, Achilles. <laughs> yep. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just kind of running with her dangling to try to get behind everybody else. Tara Lake, this is highly untenable. Please just cooperate. She's kicking and flailing, but you've got a strong grip on her ankle and you're just like, holding her like a, a, a grocery bag in front of you, just carrying her <laughs> forward. <laughs> and uh, and you managed to get back out through the doors with her. Um, Callista, what are you and Six doing? There's just this one creature in the room, right? Yep, just the one. Yeah, and so if North has it successfully distracted, then I think I would be trying to make my way towards the elevator so that we can... Hopefully, while um, while North has this creature kind of focused on him, maybe the rest of us can make it into the elevator and start trying to prep that to go down. So I think Callista and Six are going to try to sort of sneak their way across. Okay. Go ahead and roll for you and then roll for Six, because you're both trying to do this. Um, and it's going to be an act under fire for both of you. All right. Um, Callista first. Uh, that is an 11. All right. And then six. That is a five. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think what happens here is that Callista is kind of moving cautiously. She's doing her best to, like, stop and go, stop and go, just make sure this thing is as far away from her as possible, and she's not really attracting attention. Um, and generally, you and six kind of have a fairly decent, you know, rhythm going. She's 
mostly gotten used to you, but this is a very unusual situation. She hasn't quite been in this one yet. And, you know, so she's kind of coming up behind you, waiting, coming up behind you. But there's this one moment where she kind of misreads you um, and you stop and she's still going. And then you kind of go as she stops. And it's not until uh, she's kind of falling flat on her face that you realize that she's tripped on your statement cape. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Is there like a big boot print on it now? No. Callous. Absolutely heartless. (laughs) (laughs) She's not like, oh, I should add some snaps. She's like, oh, it's ruined. (laughs) Uh, No, because you have that very dirt defying kind of material you paid extra to make sure this thing always looks immaculate no matter what i mean if you're dressed in all white that those are just considerations that you have to make exactly um but so you've like pulled forward and you're already almost to the elevator when you realize a six isn't behind you and she's kind of fallen with this uh very loud gun jangling thump to the floor um but you make it to the elevator fine turn around and see her and uh realize you might need a new bodyguard soon um, oh, no. <laughs> Jeez. I was gonna like airdrop seven just appears in the lab somewhere. It's like Titanfall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just see the next person, you're like, you, you're my new bodyguard. Okay. It's Juliet. Yeah, Juliet. <laughs> oh, good luck. Oh my god. <laughs> I really it's need like, a different job. It's like the Santa Claus. Whoever's there when like the previous bodyguard yeah. dies. Oh my god! Whoever kills your bodyguard has to become your new bodyguard. <laughs> <laughs> so you killed your new bodyguard. Therefore, you are your own bodyguard. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. So North, you are kiting this monster around the room, um, and just as you kind of think that it's mostly focused on you, and you've got a, a a good kind of distance from it, but you're managing to keep its attention, you hear this just stupid loud noise of like jangling metal and and armor and and guns as uh six falls very ungracefully uh to the floor and the creature's attention immediately snaps away from you it's 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 not enough to keep its hold and it starts to head towards the kind of prone six what do you do okay uh i want to lash out with the whip and get it wrapped around its neck uh yeah that's great Go ahead and roll an inflict harm for me. That is a 12. Nice. Yes. All right. Describe to me what's happening with this whip. Give me some Indiana Jones shit here. Uh, I think there's like a a cool, you know, I've just been kind of like cracking it on the ground uh, to keep this thing's attention. And I think I've like, I'm still in the motion of doing that. And as it turns and starts to bolt, like this is kind of a reflexive thing where there's just this cool like, figure eight flourish of the wrist to change the direction from being vertical to horizontal to whip out and catch around this thing's neck yeah you do exactly that this thing goes uh you know you're practiced with the whip and you've been you know in your training room and this is this is your time to shine and you've got that thing uh just flying through the air uh but it wraps around this thing's neck multiple times and you got like a nice firm grip and you kind of tug to make sure it's there uh yeah so you get an extra effect what is your extra effect now i think i'm gonna take a plus one forward on my next roll because i have a next step in mind uh i'm down for it um so go ahead and take a stress because stress is just what happens when you're doing combat and uh what are you doing what's the next step once i have this thing wrapped around the neck 
I want to hop into the elevator with Callista and press the down button. Oh, no. Okay. That's going to be an act under fire. You're kind of trying to keep this thing in place, not have it come with you into the elevator, get across, get everything, you know, going. Yeah. Roll an act under fire for me. Okay. Uh, with plus one forward, that's a 15. Damn. Holy sh- Okay. Yeah. Wow. I kind of wish there were extra effects on act under fire now because <laughs> that feels like it earned it. I do an aerial cartwheel into the elevator. <laughs> Fucking hell yeah. You front forward your way into that. You get into the elevator, no problem. And you've got your hand on the button before this thing has even turned to realize that you're no longer in the same position. Um, and the doors start closing. Um, but they kind of close slowly. You kind of hear this hiss as it... And there's this little voice that kind of comes over the intercom next to the panel. It goes, please stand away from the door. The elevator is closing. And in that kind of time frame, as the doors are really slowly closing, you see this creature kind of turn around. And there's this moment where it's pulling away from the whip, just like automatically, just the response you would have when you're kind of trapped. Um, and you think, okay, it's not going to come after me. But then it realizes like, oh, I'm attached to this and he's over there. Um, and it starts to head towards the elevator and just book it. Um, but just as it's almost there and ready to reach out and grab you, the elevator doors close and you hear the seal. The seal isn't complete. That is the one thing you do notice that the seal doesn't quite go all the way because the whip is coming through it. Um, but the elevator starts to go down anyways. And as it's going down, first the whip is kind of slack. Um, but then it starts to tighten and there's just this moment when you hear kind of above you this clang and this kind of shake and the whip is like completely taunt in your hands and then it goes slack again and you can pull it in. And as you do, you see that it's covered in this kind of blue, disgusting looking blood or something. And then the seal finishes closing and the elevator is just going down. Mr. Q, Tara, and Six, uh, you guys are up there, and you have seen as this creature is pulled against the cage of the elevator after uh, being thoroughly captured by North, um, and it's kind of struggling for a moment as it is, and then there's just this sickening crack and this squishing sound, and you see as uh, the whip kind of goes through its neck like a knife through butter. And the head just kind of stops moving for a moment. The entire body goes slack and then it rolls off its shoulder and the whole thing collapses. And it is quiet in the elevator access room. What do you guys do? I think I lift Tara high enough that I can cover her eyes with my free hand. <laughs> uh, Miss, Mr. Q, mm-hmm? can you put me down? Everything's on the ceiling and I think I'm going to throw up. Oh, uh, yes. Just please don't look at the gore. And I will set her down. Um, and I think I go over to inspect this. Um, I just, I gotta I got know what's going on with this thing. You know, I know we've kind of talked about how they think these things are manifesting somehow or being created somehow. Uh, but I guess I just want to kind of take a look and see, is this an actual person? Like from here that was... a affected or infected or something uh or is this kind of more like the uh the creatures that we saw go ahead and roll a survey the scene for me because you're giving this thing a nice inspection okay 
Uh, that is a 12. Nice. All right. You get two questions. Uh, this might be kind of a stretch of a way to ask this, but just as far as this thing existing, what happened here? Uh, yeah, I'll give you that. Okay. So I would say with your medical knowledge and your specialized knowledge on a certain subject, Uh-oh. that this thing, you kind of get close to it and you're kind of looking at it. And uh, as you're kind of inspecting the wound where the head came off, you can see that this is not human just immediately. There is no blood. There's no structures. In fact, there's nothing to really indicate that there is anything to this at all. Because as you're looking in that wound, what you see is almost like looking at a slide on kind of a Petri dish, except very large, like these cellular structures or blocks that seem to make up the inside. And uh, and as you're kind of looking at it, you start to think and kind of realize that this looks a lot like the uh, the sponges on the ceiling. They've gotten they've got the same texture, the same mucus. It's yeah, it's looking weird. <sighs> okay, uh, I guess I also want to ask: Is there something important that I'm missing? So, um, as you're inspecting this creature on the floor and realizing very quickly that this is not human and there is nothing human about it, um, you kind of look over at the head and you kind of turn it over to get a better look at it. And as you do, you very quickly realize that uh, this thing is, it doesn't really seem dead. The eyes are moving. The mouth is opening and closing kind of uselessly. Oh, hell no. (laughs) Yeah. It seems less like it's like been essentially decapitated as much as it's been disconnected. It seems like It's maybe multiple organisms that have come together because it seems to be made of these kind of spongy creatures that you've seen before. Okay. First things first is just stomping that head flat right here. And I think I drag the rest of the body back out the door. I don't know if I feel like any of this is going to move or split into more things. I'm going to just stomp some of that flat too. (laughs) uh yeah and i there's no stakes to this it can't fight back you just flatten this thing like a pancake it is a disgusting blobby mess of like it's not really blood it's kind of like this blue ichor um and that kind of like acidic you know mucus and i will give you this that like as you go to grab the body and pull it out you realize very quickly that you should not touch this thing with your bare hands because it's kind of coated in this a uh, very thin layer of that mucus that you recognize from the creatures above as like probably going to be acidic. Um, but you do, I would say that once you kind of figured out how to get it out, you are able to get this thing away from you. Cool. Okay. So this thing is out. Things seem to have calmed down a moment. You see that the elevator is gone though. Um, and it's just, Mr. Q, Tara, and Six kind of left here on their own. What do you guys do? I think I run over to the elevator and I start hitting the up button trying to get it to come back. Oh, okay. Yeah, you go over to the elevator and kind of, you see that there is a panel above the access panel that you had kind of used to hack this thing up. Um, And what you see is kind of like a, it's a very simplistic 
diagram. There's a basically long rectangle and a very small square in that rectangle. And you can see that very small square moving slowly down. And you know, just from having lived here that once that elevator starts going, it's not going to come back up until it's dropped off uh, whatever it has at the at the bottom. Okay. And do I know any alternate routes to get down there? Uh, yeah. I mean, you can see very clearly that there's insets in the wall where they have these like EVA suits that are just there for uh, access to uh, kind of getting outside the elevator shaft. Um, and you can see in the floor, there's these kind of like entrances to these like mini person sized airlocks that you can kind of get in once you're in your EVA suit and then kind of get out into the ocean outside. Ugh, it's it's already going down. It's going to go all the way down before it comes all the way back up. But we're not going to be able to get down there in time. Oh, we got to. Oh, we can't take this way. We got to take a different way. Come on. We got to put on these suits and go in the water. Let's go. I mean, does this track, does it seem like if we put these on, we could match pace or at least get down there in a timelier manner than waiting? Yeah. So just to kind of give an explanation of how this elevator shaft works, uh, because it is a very long way down through very, like, as it descends, this kind of highly pressurized water. And the elevator itself is, like, pressurized. But it would cost a lot of money to really kind of keep the whole shaft pressurized and kind of clear. Um, so instead, what they did is they kind of have this not open structure, but just kind of this cage structure that goes all the way down that holds the elevator itself. Um, and on the outside of it, there's this staircase. Um, and because the elevator is pressurized, it kind of has to go slowly through this water. Yeah, I would say that if you went outside and followed the elevator shaft down, you'd probably get there about five minutes after they get there. All right. Then I start suiting up. Yeah, I think six is almost already suited up into her EVA suit. Uh, if I'm in the elevator shaft and she is required to be within a certain distance of me, then uh, she is sort of taking um, uh, immediate steps to sort of close that distance. Yeah, and she's already, like, got one of the suits on. She's pulled it up. Uh, she's putting the helmet on and getting one of those airlocks opened and getting into it. She's, like, panicking. She's like, oh, God, if she gets more than 100 yards away, the chip in my head explodes. I got to go. Go, 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 go. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I lost four and five. (laughs) (laughs) For one and two, the radius was only like 25 feet. And you realize that that's just you've got to change that. So you extended it. Yeah, I like I like that. That's how I lost four and five. Like you did not you did not learn your lesson with four (laughs) to make sure that wouldn't happen again. With four, I just thought it was just human error. But, you know, when it happened twice in a row. I love in this joke, too, that Six is panicking about this and moving quickly, so she still hasn't learned her lesson. <laughs> no, she just informed them, that's all. <laughs> um, but yeah, same. I'm just getting everything set and making sure that Tara is all set, because I'm sure as hell not going to leave her here, and I don't think I'd have a choice in that anyway. I am already trying to fit myself into one of these suits that I'm sure is not the right size for a 10-year-old, but I'll make it work. Nice. Uh, yeah, so the EVA suits are kind of like one size fits all. It, it's kind of like a wetsuit. You see, they're they're much smaller than the person that's going to fit into them. And then as you get into them, they kind of stretch out. Um, it's just super advanced technology in the shape of a rubber suit. <laughs> all right. So once everybody's good, um, start heading down and out. Uh, yeah, you guys get into these. And uh, the way that these work is they're all individual. So you each have to kind of get into one. They're kind of person sized. 
Um, if you've ever seen like how they work on submarines and stuff like that, that's how it is. Yeah, so you get into these kind of individual sized airlocks and there's this moment as you close it above you that you remember, oh shit, there's no power. <laughs> um, and it is pitch dark. But these things are manual. The reason they're there is designed so that if the elevator doesn't work for whatever reason, people can get out and get down to the complex. Um, so as it closes and there's this moment in the darkness, you just start to hear the rush of water as it realizes there's someone standing on the kind of pressure plate to tell it that they need to get out. And it starts to fill up in this blackness. And then there's this moment of silence. And then the floor drops out from under you and you start to float. And there's just a terrifying moment when you think you're just going to fall to the bottom of this deep abyss. And then your feet hit the metal and you're standing on the staircase Great. That has been the scariest part of this game so far for me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. So you are standing at the top of this kind of elevator shaft slash adjacent staircase. Um, and it just goes down and down and down. Uh, benefit of it being in water is you can't really see the bottom. Downside of it being in water is you can't see the bottom. Um, and it is just this kind of descent into darkness. Uh, but currently you're standing in light because above you, beyond the, uh, colony immediately over your head is just this gorgeous arc of glowing blue ice with the sunlight on the other side of it filtering in. Um, and as it goes down into this water, it slowly goes from this beautiful kind of blue, to kind of green, to dark blue-green, and down into the blackness. And you can hear, from where you're standing, the sound of the elevator as it's going down. It's probably about two or three floors below you. What do you guys do? How multi-purpose is this tactical flashlight? Like, would would this be a thing that I would have known would work, like, underwater, that I would have kept it out of the suit? Or would I have, like, kept it on my person under the suit? Um, I think you all your tools are kind of under the suit. It kind of just fits over everything. Sure, Vacuum seals, sure. yeah. Um, but you so you don't have access to it. But I will give you this: that the suits automatically have kind of like flashlights on either side, so that you can yes. kind of see what you're looking at. Then, yeah, I'm gonna make sure that I have Tara in sight and uh, and six, assuming she's still here and hasn't already started heading down. But she's actually about like one story below you. But kind of as she's <laughs> Yeah, kind of as she sees that you're coming, she kind of goes, oh, fine, I'll wait. Um, okay. And just kind of holds for a second. Are there railings to the staircase? Yes. It's a railing then in the sense that it comes up to like, for Mr. Q, it comes to probably elbow height. Um, okay. I'm pretty tall, so okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's like he's like 6'5". Yeah. Um, so probably roughly mech height for Tara. So it's not really enclosed. It's just kind of there if you need it. That was the scariest thing that's happened in this game for me. <laughs> the idea of it just being a wallless platform circling your way down. <laughs> All I kept thinking was like, I don't know if there's some sort of like more optimal way to build a staircase that's just submerged in water because I know how they would do it normally. But yeah. I just wanted to make sure because I think uh, I think I grab onto the railing and I just kind of use that and like hand over hand to keep myself steady and on course and to move as fast as I can. Yeah, then just 
heading down as uh, quickly but safely as possible. So what I want from each of you, and this is going to cover pretty much, I would say, the whole descent. I want each of you to roll me an act under fire. This is not an ideal situation. And most of you are not used to working in this kind of condition. Okay. Eight. Four. Oh, no! Okay. (laughs) Also a four. Oh. So this is what happens. So as a group, the three of you are moving down at a fairly decent pace. Um, But suffice to say, this is not anyone's forte. Certainly, uh, even Mr. Q, who has been trained in very unusual circumstances, has probably never been in an EVA suit on the outside of a mining shaft under a giant ceiling of ice descending into a deep abyss. Absolutely not. (laughs) Not not before, but now it's definitely going on the resume after. But yeah, so the, the three of you are moving as fast as you can, but it's it's a struggle. Um, and there's just this moment where uh, Mr. Q, you're at the front of the pack trying to lead your way down. Um, and Tara and it's kind of between you and Six, who is at the back, keeping an eye on things, making sure everything's going all right. Um, when you kind of hear this rumble coming up the shaft and none of you know what it is. The whole thing just kind of starts vibrating. Um, it's not enough to throw you off your feet, Mr. Q, but Tara, you have no idea what's happening and you're just kind of gripping onto the, the railing. Um, and as you feel the railing start to do this, you instinctively let go and, uh, and start to kind of move away from it. And you trip on your own feet and start to fall forward. And Six goes to catch you, just instinctively. And instead of catching you, misses, because that's just their day to day. And, uh, the two of you go tumbling past Mr. Q. Um, and because of the way that this is shaped, it's not that far down to the landing, but it is not fun. I'm gonna say that, uh, Six, takes a harm as she does her best to slow the landing for the two of them to make sure Tara doesn't get hurt. Tara, you're going to take a stress because uh, Six has blocked this for you. Can I uh, try to avoid that stress by holding on to my stuffed possum that I definitely held against me as I got into the suit? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so explain this move again. Yeah, so with my uh, my keepsake or companion, uh, Opie, it says, as long as you have your companion with you, when you take a stress, you can choose to roll plus heart. On any kind of success, you don't take the stress. On a miss, something happens to your companion and they are unavailable for the rest of the crisis. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. You're kidding. Baby, what, what is it? That's a six. Baby, burn those <laughs> dice. Do I get experience for that? Uh, yeah, you roll a fail, you get experience. One more and I level up again, guys. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm going to cry right now. <laughs> I'm going to lose my possum. <laughs> oh, you're going to make me feel bad. <laughs> my tiny shriveled little grin chart should feel bad, but it doesn't. Um, so to retcon a little bit just for this fail to, to be an absolute dickhead, um, you put the possum down when you were getting into the suit. Just you didn't think of it. And then as you got in the suit, kind of held it to you. Uh, and you realized it was going to get wet, but it's fine. The possum's gotten wet before and various kinds of escapades. 
So as you're tumbling down and like Six is trying to catch you, you're trying to hold on to this possum, but there's just this moment when your elbow gets jostled and your hand just instinctively opens as the nerve is hit uh, against the edge of this grate. And Mr. Possum kind of gently starts to float out into this void beyond the railing and you see just the slow-mo motion of the adorable little stuffed possum's face as it's looking at you with longing and you're looking back through your helmet visor and it's just looking at you and then it starts to sink and sink down into the void tara is about to dive over this in search of the (laughs) (laughs) um just a question for the harm Mm -hmm. that six just took uh, she is wearing mm-hmm. armor. Um, so was the uh, was the one harm armor defeating, or would her yeah, armor her armor would have caught that. It, it wasn't a very very long fall. Um, it was enough to kind of knock the breath out of her and maybe hurt a bit and a couple bruises. But if she's wearing armor, she's she's doing okay. Dope. But as the two of you are lying down on this kind of landing, and Mister Q is looking down at you in shock for a moment, there's a moment when the vibrations go away. Whatever was causing it seems to have stopped. And then you just start to feel on the grating under you as you're laying there, the vibrations of something walking up the staircase towards your landing. We're going to go over to North and Callista. Who are just listening to Muzak in the elevator. (laughs) (laughs) I have to imagine have spent the entirety of of this long elevator ride just kind of awkwardly staring at each other in complete silence. Yeah. insert the mass effect elevator music that's what it is all right yeah you two are in the elevator um it's been about maybe two three minutes since this happened and uh kind of just standing there as it's going down when you feel kind of this vibration happen almost like the entire thing is shuddering it's still going down but it is kind of just shaking what do you guys do uh, well, real quick, let me ask you uh, a housekeeping question. Absolutely. Do connections change? Yeah, connections can change based off of like if you uh, try to influence another spacer and you fail, they get to choose whether or not that affects your relationship. Um, so I know that like at one point someone rolled an influence and uh, that may or may not have changed whether they decided. So, yeah. Okay. Because my question for Callista in the beginning was, have I impressed you? And her answer was not yet. But I feel like I just did some pretty dope shit, like, right in front of Callista. Okay, so just to be clear, in terms of, like, that, they can't change mid-game, but we will have questions at the end where you can decide whether that has changed or not based off of the actions happening. Neat. As far as the elevator shaft vibrating, I have no idea. Fair. Does Callista have any ideas? Oh man, this is kind of like my my nightmare in terms of like an earthquake when you're in like a just like an elevator. Um, I think probably just grab onto North. You are my temporary six. Um, <laughs> I'm a floating seven. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a valid reaction. You guys don't have to know what you're doing. Um, I don't know what I'm doing in life either. So <laughs> I never do. Yeah, the two of you are kind of in this elevator as it's shaking, and you kind of hear this vibration as it's happening and Callista, you grab on to North. Um, but after a couple of moments, it's over. Um, and the elevator keeps descending as a GM suggestion. I would say this really is kind of the perfect moment to take a moment, which is a move that lets you recover some stress. Oh yeah. 
That is excellent. I mean, I've I've got a couple, so I could stand to take a moment. Okay. Um, do you want to read what Take a Moment does just for the people listening? I would love to. When you take a moment on your own, you reduce your stress by one. When you take a moment with other spacers, you take an additional one for each spacer included in the scene uh, to a maximum of minus four. All spacers reduce their stress when participating in downtime. Exactly. Um, And so uh, this is a really good moment and it's not necessary. I will give you this. Uh, You don't have to do this, but it's kind of a really good moment for people to take a breather and maybe get in a conversation that they wanted to have, but didn't really have the time to when kind of all the action was happening. So that's really kind of the point of the move. Um, And second, it also allows people to reduce their stress. So if they're you know, really kind of on that border and there's just a lull in what's happening, they can say, hey, I'm going to take a moment. My spacer is going to take a breath and then we're going to keep going. So yeah, if you wanted to have a conversation, you can. If you don't, that's perfectly fine. All right. So I will reduce my stress. So reduce it by two because I'm with one other person. Both of you. Yeah. That gets me back down to no stress. So what do you think that thing was? Was that a person? I would have to imagine it was Perhaps an evolved form of one of the creatures that they were telling us about. The shaking, does that happen often on CR4079? Often? No, certainly not. That could be felled up at the the top of the shaft. I think it's like when the drill hits real good and it sends a shockwave up through things, but there's some diffusers or something up at the top that kind of stops the whole thing from shaking. Um, So I've felt it before, but not... Not frequently, but I'm not usually down here. This isn't really my work site, so to speak. Yes, yes. The others, do you think that they're all right? I sure hope so. I mean, this is the only way back up into that room, so if that thing died, then God willing, they locked the door and they're waiting up there, maybe waiting for the elevator to come back up and get them. I'm hoping that once we get down here, we can clear this area. Doesn't necessarily have to be we. I can clear this area. You can chill. Uh, and hopefully they'll call the elevator back up and then meet us down here and everything will be safe by the time they get here. I sincerely hope that you're right, Mr. Northwood. Well, do you want to play 20 questions? (laughs) Yeah, I don't have anything else necessary to accomplish on this elevator. That's fine. Um, Okay, so you two take a moment and go ahead and mark that stress off of your sheet. Uh, And with that, I'm going to say the rest of your elevator ride is uneventful. You kind of just... Stand there listening to elevator music, occasionally looking over at each other, realizing, man, elevator rides are awkward under best circumstances. This is not the best circumstances. This, wait, this does remind me of a question that I had. Yes. Isn't the power out? Uh, The power is out to the main complex, um, but you can still get lights in here. So you get the sense that maybe there's an alternate generator that connects the mining shaft elevator that keeps it running just in case of emergency. Okay. Yeah, so you guys kind of continue your descent uh, uneventfully and arrive at the bottom. Mr. Q, Tara, Six, there is something coming up the stairs. You can hear it vibrating. You can't see it uh, because you've kind of gotten to the point just from tumbling down a couple of floors to this landing uh, that is starting to get dark. Um, The water above you is light, but everything below is starting to get murky. What are you guys doing? Kind of, you have this like moment to prepare. I know I'm quite a bit higher up. A- am I at any sort of vantage that I could like lean over and get a sight line with my little headlamps of what's coming, or am I too high up? Yeah, I'm gonna have you roll survey the scene for this. Kind okay. of see what you can see. 
Eight. Okay, you get one question. What can hurt me? <laughs> as you kind of lean over this railing to try and look down as far as you can with your uh, EVA suit's lights, um, you catch a glimpse of this vaguely humanoid figure turning a corner. It's got very long, dark hair floating in the water, and it otherwise doesn't quite look fully human, but it is definitely coming up those stairs for you. Ram, come on. <laughs> Um, have we established, like, can we hear each other talking with these suits? Yeah, there are comms that connect. It's very short range kind of radio communication. Okay, I'm going to be talking into that as I hurry as fast as I can down these stairs. Six, something's coming up. Something not at all human. Be prepared. I'm coming as quickly as I can. Keep Tara Lake safe. Oh, crap. Yeah, she kind of scrambles to her feet as she pulls out her plasma pistol. And uh, it's pretty much about the time she gets to her feet that she can see the head as it's coming up the stairs and then the shoulders and then the torso. Tara, what are you doing? You hear this coming over the comms. Well, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like I didn't in real life start crying when I lost that possum. So I imagine Tara is very upset as well. Uh, and... <laughs> Yeah, I, I think she hears what, what's being said, but just hearing something not quite human doesn't like freak her out at first because that's what she's been saying all day. Mm -hmm. And she just backs up behind Six and tries to ball up in a corner on the staircase on this landing. I would say at this point, uh, Mr. Q, you can get down to Six's level. Uh, and it's about that time that you're kind of standing together that you see this kind of human looking figure. When it was out in, like, the colony in the air, the humanoidness was a little bit more human. There was something about the skin that was a little bit more matte. There was something about the face that looked a little bit more like you would expect a human to look. Out here in the water, there's something not right about it. It's even worse. It's almost bloated looking. Um, it's like the water has been absorbed by whatever structure are underneath these things. But it is, like, coming towards you, and you can kind of see this long black hair flowing behind it, uh, these sclera black eyes. They're not right. There's something about them that ain't right. And those long teeth, as it opens its maw and kind of moves towards you. All right, this might be a dumb question, because obviously this uh -huh. is a thing that's sort of at home in the water. But mm -hmm. I am, you know, literally watching it come upstairs it's heavy enough that it's making sound as it does so. Do I get the sense that attempting to throw this off the side would be helpful at all? Or is this at home enough in the water seeming with how it moves that it would just be like, LOL, and swim back over and eat <laughs> my face? Hmm. I'm going to give this to you based off of your really good survey upstairs. Because okay. I think this would be something that you kind of would have gathered um, just incidentally from looking at the configuration of this thing um it is made of sponges right and these sponges don't look like they have any real ability to swim per se um they seem to cling to surfaces and seem to spread that way just from what you've observed on the ceiling and observed kind of happening in the elevator shaft so this thing's movement is very like human based so whatever a human could do in terms of water all right then I suppose I'm going to rush this thing and try to clothesline it over the side. Absolutely. Um, so my question here for you 
is are you just trying to clothesline this and just get it over or are you trying to like inflict harm on it? Because I'm giving giving you a choice. You can do act under pressure or you can inflict harm and they're going to have different consequences if you don't quite roll right. I think I just want to knock it over. I just think I want it gone and out of sight, out of mind where it can't hurt Tara. Absolutely. Okay. So uh, with that in mind, I think roll and act under fire for me. There it is. Five. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, boy. I guess I'm going to use my one intuition that I get because what choice? (laughs) (laughs) Because the alternative is unthinkable. Yeah. The alternative is I find the possum. (laughs) (laughs) So for intuition use, that automatically makes whatever you're trying to do a full success. Um, so you're trying to clothesline this thing over the edge, right? That is correct. Okay. Um, yeah, and you do it. You describe to me how this happens. Give me the cinematic for your amazing intuition fueled success. Uh, yeah, I think I just get around onto the stairway so that I'm facing it, that I'm the one that it is seeing, you know, fully. And I'm waiting for it to do the same kind of lunge that the one upstairs had done. But I'm I'm like ready for it. I'm waiting for that lunge because I know that that's going to put its balance completely forward so that when I spring in that same moment and hit it like arm right across the shoulders, uh, it doesn't have a chance to try to stabilize and that full force uh, of the torso just just cracks like a whip backwards against the rail and flips over the side. That's what happens. You kind of pull your arm Uh, across and it just it thought it was gonna get its hands on you and it's almost like a looney tunes moment of just like reaching behind you realize not even realizing that it has already been defeated uh and it's knocked backwards over this railing and just goes spinning into the darkness below i'm more advanced than you (laughs) (laughs) and i i turn around for a high five because i think that's what you're supposed to do six just stares at you fair with that i would say you guys spend the rest of the descent kind of holding onto the railing for dear life keeping an eye out for those monsters but it is an uneventful uh remaining amount of time and you kind of get to the bottom and as you do you see that there are about uh, a few kind of very similar as it was above these uh kind of roundels that you can kind of get into that are these kind of airlocks that are you know kind of waiting and you kind of get into one each and as you do it's full of water and you close it over you and the first thing you notice is that unlike upstairs these ones have lights and there is actually something to kind of keep it illuminated as the water kind of slowly drains out of it and then the uh hatch below you opens <laughs> Um, but instead of just dropping you out into the water, there's a little bit of a grate and like an opening and a ladder that leads down. All right. We'll head down and make sure everyone else is good. Okay. It's about this time, I would say a little bit earlier that, uh, the elevator arrives, uh, the doors kind of slowly open and Callista and North, you exit this elevator shaft. You can see immediately that the lights are on. That is the first thing you notice, unlike upstairs. The second thing you notice is that there seems to be nothing in this room right now. What do you do? I think I'm under the assumption that we're going to wait for the elevator to go back up, pick up the other people and come back down. So I just draw the very big gun and 
post up watching this room to make sure that nothing is going to come in here, defending the elevator, waiting for it to re-arrive. Okay. So you two are kind of like posted up, getting ready for this uh, amped up, uh, expecting the worst. And then you hear this sound of like metal rattling above you and the sound of water draining. And suddenly these hatches open up over you. Get behind me. Absolutely, I do. Yes. If there's one thing I'm good at, it's I'm very good at hiding behind someone else. And just for a moment, you know, there's this terrifying uncertainty of what's going to come down from these hatches. And then you see the boots of EVA suits as they kind of descend very quickly down the ladder. And all of their backs are turned to you. And there's just this moment when it's like, oh, God, what's in these suits? And then they turn around. And you see Six and Mr. Q and Tara in her tiny little suit. gum! I can't believe y'all came down the outs. I was waiting for the elevator. I was just sure that I would secure the bottom of the elevator. And you, y'all are so impatient. Y'all are just itching to die. Time is of the essence. Sorry, North. It's okay. I'm glad that y'all are down here and safe. Nothing to apologize for. Well, get, I mean, I was going to say get out of the suits or should you keep the suits on? Do they do anything cool? Do they protect you against acid or anything? It's kind of hard to walk in. I'm going to take it off. And I take off my suit. Uh, Six is already stripping down because she does not like it. She wants to have free range of all her weapons and armor. Same. And she kind of immediately goes over to uh, Callista and stands next to you. <laughs> yes, I I transfer my hiding spot from being slightly behind North to then just being slightly behind Six. All right. I guess if we're all raring to go, then let's go. Uh, I'll start moving forward. Towards the main body of the research station. Okay. North, you move forward uh, and kind of hit the button to open the doors. And these doors open. And the first thing you see is, unlike upstairs, again, there is light here. And the second thing you see is that the entire hallway is coated in these sponges. The walls, the ceilings, the floors, they are everywhere. And you can see a figure moving down at the end of this hall. In Starhold, you play as a group of spacers struggling on the fringes of the last great frontier, scraping by in a cold universe. Out here, even the smallest mistake can mean extinction, and help is a long, long way away. To find out more and get your copy, visit StarholdRPG.com. You can also find Starhold on Twitter at StarholdRPG. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Please try to get some sleep tonight. I've been trying to sleep all week. Nothing helps. You could try sleep sound. No thanks. You've had enough nightmares for the both of us. Let me go! Come on. The medication has nothing to do with that. I haven't had a bad dream in ages. <laughs> Ever since your highly problematic affair in Idaho? Oh my god. Never stop. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Well, you still haven't told me who you're bringing to graduation. Oh. Your heart is racing. How can you tell? You're lying on top of me. What if I don't want anyone else to know yet? And it wasn't a bad dream? I don't know. Christopher, you know. Can't you appreciate that I'm trying to help you here? Thanks for the pills, Lils. Dreamers, 
Season 2 by Broken Crown Productions. Tune in weekly wherever you listen to podcasts.